a series on prosperity, and actually we're studying from this book, How to Find Your Wealthy Place, by Dr. Leroy Thompson, Sr., and, uh, you know, I figure if he can find his in Darrow, Louisiana, I mean, it's just a, a wide spot in the road Amen. down in South Louisiana. You know where that's at, Jim? <laughs> so you've heard of it? Yeah, he's heard of it. Okay. Anyway, uh, he's a pastor of a church there and uh, just, uh, and I want to read to you, we're reading this every time from the preface. And it says, uh, the Lord told me, Leroy, I have given you a voice for money and I have given my people ears to hear. I have anointed you to get the truth across to my people. They are going to get it this time. That's us, amen, like never before. Keep the vision clear. Keep the revelation clear. Do not compromise. Do not apologize. This time I will not be denied, amen. Don't ever be ashamed of prosperity, family. Don't ever be ashamed to prosper in Jesus. You know, that temptation will come. You know, to want to apologize for prospering. Because, you know, sometimes religious folks and religion doesn't look at it so great. Uh, then on the next part of the preface, this is a thing we're also reading. There is a place you can go to where you do not even have to think about money. Well, let's just go there. Amen. Just think of all the time we'd save if we didn't even have to think about money. Because you have so much of it. And every believer, every believer, every believer, are you a believer? Well, then you're included, aren't you? Every believer, not just a select few, can go there. And we know that's true, that if one person can go there, then God's no respecter of persons, is he? What he's done for one, he has to do for all, or he'd be a liar. Because he said he was no respecter of persons. So if he's ever prospered one, he has to prosper all. If he's ever healed one, he has to heal all. Amen? Praise God. Isn't that good? See, God's not up in heaven playing some sort of bingo game. And you know, oh, you won today, and you didn't win. And you know, I'm so glad that we can count on him. We can count on his word. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that his word will never, not even one jot or tittle of it will ever pass away. So we got a sure foundation, family. We don't have to worry about tomorrow and say, well, I just don't know if this is God's will. No, it's going to be the same as it was today. Hallelujah. So we're in a secure place, aren't we? Well, here I am hadn't even found my notes yet. I just got so busy talking. Thank you, Jesus. Checks are falling out of my Bible. <laughs> no, it's, it was for the ladies' meeting. It was. <laughs> By the way, there's still places at the ladies' meeting. God is holding your spot. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to Psalm chapter 66, verse 12. Psalm chapter 66, verse 12. I better take that out or it'll be there tomorrow. Okay, are you there? It says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, there is a wealthy place for every one of us. Won't all of us be in the same place, will it? Won't always, all, not all of us are going to get wealthy the same way. But there is a wealthy place for each one of us. Now, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. 
And we're just doing kind of our introductory scriptures that we've been looking at every time. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to look at verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So we here have the last two verses talking about uh, health and also talking about prosperity, wealth, health and wealth. But he gives us there in verse 5 some things that we need to do to enter into that health and wealth. And we need to trust in the Lord. Amen? Well, you know, I'm sure that's where you're at, where you're trusting in the Lord. And we need to trust in the Lord not just a little bit, but he says to do it with all our heart, putting our whole heart into it. Well, this is the Wednesday night crowd, so, you know, usually you don't get people on Wednesday night that aren't trusting in the Lord with all their heart. Sometimes on Sunday morning you do, but you don't get people on Sunday night and Wednesday night that aren't trusting in the Lord with all their heart. Uh, and then he says not to lean into thy own understanding. Now, you do get people on Wednesday night, though, that are leaning on their own understanding. And that's something we need not do is lean on our own understanding. Pastor's been taught, talked about that in the offering, how we don't look at that thing which is seen and try to figure it out for ourselves. Not leaning on our under, own understanding. Isaiah chapter 11 talks about how Jesus, he did not judge by the sight of his eyes. He didn't go by what he heard. He didn't go by what he saw. And he didn't go by what he felt. But that he judged with a righteous judgment. You've got to be led from in here. And you've got to practice being led from in here. Amen? Because things are not always as they appear, are they? And so he says not to lean into thine own understanding. He says in all thy ways acknowledge him. That means in every step. If you're going to find your wealthy place, you're going to have to ask God every step. You're going to have to make it a practice. And it does take practice. It's a change of the way of doing things. You know, it's a, but we need to make it a practice to consult him on every decision that we make. And you know, all of us are just learning that. You know, there are times when, when Pastor and I don't do that. That, you know, we'll let something slip by us and, you know, we'll go, this isn't working just exactly like we'd like for it to work. And, you know, it'll just dawn on me. You know, well, I, I really, you know, just was kind of busy that day and I just really didn't pray that out. I just kind of decided, you know. And, um, and, and sometimes those things work out and sometimes they don't. But if we really want to get to a place in our wealthy place, then we need to acknowledge him in, in every decision and we have to practice daily obedience. And it, and it takes practice. Amen? And, you know, one of the good things that is good about being married to, is that you can help each other. You can both pray. And, you know, if, if, if the husband has a check about it, he says, you know, I just don't feel good about this. Well, then, you know, or if the wife, if she's not, if she just says, I don't, you know, husband, I don't feel good about this. I'll just tell you, family, the dumbest thing you could do in the world is to go ahead when, with something when one of the other of you has is having a check about it. 
You know, we, we really, you know, God's big enough that if he really wants you to do it, that, that he can change one or the other of you. Amen. Or he's big enough that he can bring it back around to you. And I'll tell you something else, and this has been a real big key in mine and pastor's life, that when God wants you to do something, he always gives you plenty of time. He, and you know, a lot of times when we had messed up in the past, and this is before we even got filled with the Spirit, you know, sometimes you encounter salesmen or so or what, and you know, they're having a sale, and it's going to be, the day is the last day. I've noticed with salesmen that today is always the last day. I mean, it is. It's always the last day that that car is going to be on sale. It's always, and you know, but God doesn't rush us. You know, and sometimes people want to look at that wrong and they say, well, you know, man, isn't that divine? It, today is the last day and God had us come here right on the last day. And, but, but when you get under pressure to make a decision, we found that more often than not, it's not God. Amen. That God gives you plenty of time. So just keep that in your heart and just meditate on that. And when you begin to feel pressure, it's good to just back off. Amen. Because God's not a God of pressure. The Bible says he leads his sheep. He doesn't drive them. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's a good thing to, to just being in there as far as in all thy ways acknowledge him. I tell you, you just want to throw a salesman for a loop. Just tell them, well, we're going to pray about this. They do not want to hear you're going to pray about it. Of course, they, I mean, you, they will tell you if you go to some sort of a sales uh, school, they will tell you that if you walk off of that car lot, that they, they've got a certain percentage that you're not coming back. So they try to nab you while they're there. And, 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 I'm, and here, are you like me? Do you really believe that everybody is telling the truth? I mean, and you know, that gets me in trouble sometimes. Because I don't care how bad I wanted to make a sale to you. I am not going to lie to you and tell you today is the last day when it's not, but they will. Amen. See, we, we shouldn't be surprised when people that aren't Christians, when it's no trouble for them to lie, because their daddy is the father of lies. It doesn't even bother them. Amen. It doesn't even, they don't even think anything about it. They think it's normal. Amen? Amen? So uh, we need to acknowledge him. And then he says not to be wise in our own eyes. Well, you don't have to have very many mistakes show up before you'll get not wise in your own eyes. Amen? So we need to be careful that we're not wise in our own eyes. And so we go before God and we pray about everything. That's basically just summing it up, that we don't make decisions without praying. And, and, and I, do you understand when I'm saying this that, you know, I have told people before, like pretty big decisions, you know, like, you know, major things like move or something like that. And I've said, well, now, you, you know, you need to pray that out and have them tell me that afternoon. Well, I prayed and I'm going, now what? Wait, 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 wait. You cannot even get your soul realm. You cannot get your emotions in line in that length of time. Amen. When you've got a major decision like that, you need to, you need to, you're, it's going to take some time to pray out something like that. You, 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 they say, well, you know, you've got to decide today or this job won't be available. Then it's not God. Because he, he would have given you some time if it was him. Amen. I mean, before we ever moved to Alabama, we were praying for a year. 
We were praying for a year. We didn't make a snap decision. We didn't make a, a sudden decision. And people make sudden decisions about things. No, you pray a while. And then when you think you've prayed a long, I like what Keith Moore says. He says, this, when you think you've prayed a lo long enough, then pray some more. Amen? And just keep bringing that up before God. See, you've got to give some time for your emotions to get in line. You can get so excited about something that you couldn't tell if God was saying yes or no if you wanted to. And, in, and, and until you get over being excited, you're not going to be able to discern if this is God or not. Does that make sense? Amen. you got to get out of the soul realm and into the spirit. You know what you got to get? you got to get to the point where it doesn't matter to me. When you get to the point where I don't care, doesn't matter to me, God, whatever you say. You know, you say go, I'm happy. You say stay, I'm happy. You say yes, do this, I'm happy. You say no, don't do it, I'm happy. See, if you can't be happy no matter what he says, you can't hear him. And you're going you're gonna to be just you know, rolling the dice, whether you hit it or not. Amen. Sometimes you will, and sometimes you won't. See, you got to get to the point where you realize that God doesn't have anything bad for you, and he only has good for you. Amen. And see, because if you are still thinking, well, oh, this sounds so good, and it would be so wonderful, and you think that God would deny you something that was good and wonderful for you, you got a problem. If God says no, family, it's not good and it's not wonderful, or there's something better and more wonderful. Amen. Amen. And see, a lot of times we don't think God has, because we've been religiously brainwashed instead of spiritually taught, we don't really think God has our best interest at heart. And, you know, we were taught that he really didn't want to prosper us, that he wanted to keep us poor. And so you kind of run from a God like that. But listen, he wants to make you wealthy. He wants to put you in a wealthy place. He wants you to take you to your place that's there. When you get to there, you, he wants to put you in, in the business that he has. He's not, he's not going to deny you prosperity. You know, sometimes people get all caught up in this and it's like, oh, you know, the Bible says not to go in, I talked about it Sunday night, not to go into partnership with, with an unbeliever. An equal yoke. That doesn't mean just believer, that means spirit-filled believer because you're a spirit-filled believer. That means not just a spirit-filled believer, but a faith believer. Amen. And there's a difference. And you know, a lot of people like, yeah, but it would be so good. No, it wouldn't. It won't. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how much they know about it. And I don't care how much money they have. It won't be good. And you'll get burned. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sir William Gurney Benham. Never heard of him. But here's a quote from him. He who ceases to pray ceases to prosper. We need to pray, family. We need to quit being a people that run from prayer. Now, I'm not talking about y'all. But... Most of the body of Christ runs from prayer. It ought to be something we delight in because we know we're going to get answers there, that our Heavenly Father is going to hook up with us and He's going to guide us. And when He guides us, He's going to guide us to good things. He's not ever going to guide you to trouble. He's not ever going to guide you to something to humble you or to bring you down. Hallelujah. Sunshine Magazine says this, Don't expect a $1,000 answer to a 10-cent prayer. 
Sometimes we just want to slap a little prayer up there, and you know, and that's no, no, it's going, sometimes you've got to persevere in prayer. Now that doesn't mean you get down on the floor and you cry and squall and you labor and all that. It just means that you just keep on praying. You keep on praying not till you have a part of an answer, but until you have a full answer. And you know, it means that you get your heart in there. You know, sometimes we just want to do, throw a passing prayer on God. And we don't even bother to stop and listen to what He says or what He answers or, or to believe Him to answer us. Amen? Billy Graham said, Heaven is full of answers to prayer for which no one ever bothered to ask. There's nothing you've ever done or ever failed at that if you would have asked God, He wouldn't have showed you the answer. Amen? There's nothing. There's nothing I've ever done or ever failed at that if I'd have asked Him, He wouldn't have shown me. And you know, I know that, and I realize that. Hallelujah. But you know, when your heart's right, and yours is, I know it is, when your heart's right, and you miss it, you know God will cover for you. He really will. Hallelujah. So I'm not here trying to chastise you. I'm trying to tell you, just pray and consult God. Because we're talking about some serious things. We're talking to you about businesses and how God wants to put you in business and He wants to prosper you. He wants to He wants He wants you to, He wants to multiply you in such ways. But we don't want you to jump out there without prayer. We don't want you to jump out there until you know that you know what God is saying. Amen. So one of the things we need to do is we need to understand God's purpose for prosperity. If you don't understand God's purposes for prosperity, and this is what most of the church thinks, then you will think that the prosperity message is about selfishness. You will think that the prosperity message is about grabbing for more. And the prosperity message is not about selfishness, and it's not about grabbing for more. The prosperity message is for the purpose of doing kingdom business. Why does God want you to have money? For one reason, to do kingdom business. That is the foremost reason. He will, if, he, if you're not going to be a giver and you're not going to be a tither, God's not really interested in whether you prosper or not. Now, He'll bless you trying to bring you to a place of repentance. He'll do you good trying to get you to a right place. But He's not really interested if you are not going to be a tither and a giver. But if you're going to be a tither and a giver, and you've proved it, which you have, and you've proved it in the little things, that's why it's so important when you only have $10 to tithe. Amen. You'd say, why would God care about a dollar? Really? I mean, you know, you can't buy anything with a dollar. Why would God care? Because you're proving to him that when I get a hundred, I'll give ten. And when I get a thousand, I'll give a hundred. And when I get ten thousand, I'll give a thousand. You're proving it to him. You prove it to him. And that's why it's so important for your kids to start them out little. If you start them out when they got fifty cents given a nickel, they won't have any problem when they've got five dollars given fifty cents. And they won't have a problem all their life. They'll never have a problem. They won't have to overcome those things you have to overcome. And it's somewhat trouble. You know, sometimes when you give your kid a dollar and, 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 and you say, okay, here's your allowance. Hallelujah, petition for a raise. If that, no, no, if you give your kid a dollar, sometimes it's like, here, honey, just give this dime and, you know, and tithe. And give them the tithe, too. You shouldn't do that. 
You need to take. You need to take the trouble. It's some trouble to go get ten dimes for them and get the change and say, okay, now this part's yours and this is the part. You know, that's what you're called to do. Train up a child, not do it for a child, not tell a child. That's what training is. And training, that's why you don't have kids, because they're cute, because you like sweet little babies. You have children because you want to raise children. And if you don't want to raise children, don't have children, because you have to train them, and training is the hardest work you'll ever do, training a child. It is work to train a child to do anything. It, you can clean your house easier than to do, doing it yourself than to train them. But I promise you, if you'll train them when they're little, it'll pay good when they're big. Mama, it's so much fun when they get big and you can say, me and dad have to be gone today. When we get back, have the house clean. <laughs> that is so nice. Hallelujah. It's work up front. It is trouble up front. And most parents won't go to the trouble. Most people aren't trained. Well, we got to train them in every area. we got to train them spiritually. we got to train them with their money. we got to train them to tithe. Amen. Train them to give. You know, instead, when they say, Mama, I want something. I, I, Mama, I want a new bicycle. You know, the best thing you can do is not always go get it. But say, I tell you what, let's just agree in prayer and let's believe God. And I tell you what you need to do, if you're really believing for a bicycle, why don't you pray and ask the Lord what he would have you sow and teach them to sow seed and teach them to believe for what they want. And only buy it if the Lord says, you buy it. And he may do it sometimes. He'll, he'll make you be the source sometimes. But sometimes he won't. And the most wonderful thing that can ever happen to them is to see, I believed God, and somebody gave me a bicycle. Amen? That's so wonderful. So you teach your kids the things that, that, that you know and you understand from the Word of God. And then they won't ever have a problem. And you know what? Also, I'll just say this. When you're believing God and you're in, the, let your kids in on it. So many times the parents keep the kids out in the dark. But if you're in a financial situation, now you don't have to tell them all the gory details and burden them down with a lot of things. But you can let them know, mom and daddy are believing God for $1,000 or whatever you, and get the family in there believing together so that when you have victories, they see them. Amen. So that's a good thing for you to do. So we need to understand the purpose of prosperity. And the purpose of prosperity is kingdom business. God will be interested in talking to you about your wealthy place when you are taking care of kingdom business. Well, how do I take care of kingdom business? It's real simple. Matthew 6.33. Amen. That is, it is, it is so simple. Let's just turn there. How do I take care of kingdom business? Listen, family, faith works for all ages. Faith doesn't just work for grown-up people that have house payments and car payments. Faith works for little kids who want bicycles. Amen. Faith works for all ages. There is no way, Faith works in all countries. Prosperity works in all countries. Some people believe, some preachers believe, that the prosperity work message works real good in America, but it does not work in any place else. The prosperity message works in every country. It works in the whole earth. Listen, if it doesn't, it's not the word of God. 
This entire thing works everywhere. It works every time. It works for all ages. Or it's not the word of God. Amen? Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's the, that, is, that is kingdom business in a nutshell. That in every area of our life, we seek first the kingdom of God. And, it's, and all these things will be added unto us. We need to check up on the fact, are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Or do we just seek it first when it's convenient? Or do we seek first, do we seek first the kingdom of God on a daily basis? Amen? Or do we seek first the kingdom of God on certain days, but if certain things go wrong, you know, is the kingdom of God always the foremost thing in our heart? And we need to evaluate that. And we need to make ourselves uh, fitted into this scripture so that we know that we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Then the Bible says we won't have any trouble getting all these things added unto us. Amen? It'll just happen. Leaves no question about where our priorities have to be, does it? There is no question. God doesn't say, God doesn't say, make us figure it out for ourselves. Where should our priorities be? He said, your priorities have to be on the kingdom of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, family. I, I want to teach you, you know, I want to teach you to, to seek first the kingdom of God, to do the right thing, to always do the right thing, to always strive to do the right thing, to always put God first and to always do other people right. And God will honor it in your life. But I want to tell you something else and to put that in. I just felt the Holy Spirit lead me this way a couple of times tonight. I've got to tell you something. That there are a lot of people that seek first the kingdom of God. They do the right thing. They do by God the right thing. And they do uh, by other people the right thing. But they're, and yet they do not prosper. Because I want to tell you something that's more important when it comes to receiving from God than anything else. And it has nothing to do with works. See, I don't know how you your background, but my background, my religious background and training was heavy on works. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a great one for, you know, do the right thing, uh, but I'll tell you something, none of that stuff will work without faith. Faith, it, it's all in faith. It's in faith. This used to confuse me a bunch because I had people in my life that didn't walk the straight and narrow to the extent that I thought they ought to. I mean, you know, they, I was like, how did they not do that? How did they get, and yet God always came through for them because why? They believed him. And so do not, even as we are teaching to you, to do the right thing. The best thing you can do is to have faith and seeking first the kingdom of God. But do not ever think that seeking first the kingdom of God, putting him first, loving him most, loving him with all your heart, uh, praying, uh, being good to people, helping people, do not ever think that that will get you from God what you need because it won't. It won't. 
And, if, and, and you, will, you see people prospering sometimes. You see people getting healed. And you're, I know this is how I used to be until I finally figured it out. It was like, I, how did they get healed? I don't understand it. How did they get healed? God, I know that they don't seek first the kingdom of God. I know, I know they, don't, they don't always do just exactly what they ought to do. I knew they didn't. And I would, it's like, it, for many years it confused me. But then I realized, when I finally figured it out, it's faith. When you believe God and believe his word, he will go past, he will go past everything. And so you'll see people that you'll go, I don't know, I, I, I'm seeking first the kingdom and, and I know they're not. I know they're not. And they'll get healed. And they'll prosper. They'll say, oh, you know, we prayed and God gave us $1,000. And you'll be going, <laughs> faith. Family, get in faith. That's why it's so important to come to a church like this. You know, because it doesn't take, you know how long it takes to get out of faith? That long. In, in fact, somebody can say, you can hear over here, somebody say one thing. And you can just feel it like, oh, oh, God, I'm just, you can just get in the, what do you call it, the mully grubs or something. Or you can just have a, a thought come to your mind and all of a sudden, and, and yet when you come to a church like this, even in the offering, I just felt faith just coming back up in my heart. Because you know what? I had heard something today. I had overheard somebody say something, you know, and it was not anything bad or anything, but it was just, you know, the enemy just took it in my mind and I just was, all of a sudden, in one area of my life, I was feeling so defeated. I really was. My feelings were going, I feel so defeated. And then we went to the prayer room, and you know, I said, Kathleen, do you have anything? And you know what she said that God gave her? She said, God gave me a scripture. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And I thought, and it was just like the answer to my heart. It was like, oh. I mean, she doesn't know this, but I was like, oh. I mean, it just, oh, thank you, God. Because I knew she didn't have any way of knowing. And I knew she heard from God. And he was telling me. And then we prayed. And she said, and at the end she said, you know, I got a scripture. Uh, oh, and then she said something about the light's coming. And I knew the Lord was telling me, your answer's coming. Your answer's coming. And then she got another scripture. God, I, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And you know, I was thinking. You know, you, Kathleen didn't know it, but she was feeding my faith. She was feeding my faith. And so I, I was, I was a feeling better when I came out. But then when pastor started preaching in the offering, he was preaching to me. And hallelujah. See, it takes that long to get out of faith. But when you come to the right place, amen, it don't take God long to get you back in. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. To get you back in. Faith is everything. When you get out of faith, all is lost. You better get back in quick because there's nothing else going to move God. Your, your need is not going to move him. No matter how desperate you are, your need is not going to move him. We know that because God's not being moved by tremendous need in third world countries. God's moved by faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. Or we could say, Without faith it is impossible to access God. Without faith, it's impossible to access him. You cannot access your wealthy place without faith. 
You say, well, how do people that, you know, you may know people that don't go to a faith church, but they've accessed it. I guarantee you they've got faith in some area. They're working. You can work the principles of faith and never even get saved. Hallelujah. Now you can. You can. Thank you, Jesus. But we do have a cutting edge because we are saved. But we seek first his, 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 his kingdom. So that's the, per, that's the part, that's the whole purpose. And we said God has a purpose for prosperity. It's the kingdom of God. So a personal relationship with God puts you in position for God to prosper you. One piece of divine information. As you seek God, him telling you one thing can save you 30 days of work. One piece of divine information could make you a millionaire. You could be a millionaire before the weekend with one piece of divine information. You know, in Hebrews, uh, uh, I think it's, did I, I think, yeah. In Hebrews 11, it also says, it says, uh, um, For he that cometh to God must know that he is, and must know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen? Well, you know, when I'm not motivated to pray, the Holy Spirit reminds me, and he tells me, I'll reward you if, I, if you seek me. God will hang a carrot out in front of you. And I'm telling you tonight, if you seek him, you'll, he'll reward you. Amen. You'll seek him, he'll reward you. Amen. Amen. You can't, there's no better deal in town. If you seek him, he'll reward you. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We are to have a defensive, no, excuse me, we are to have an offensive posture in prayer in other words according to Proverbs 3 there when he says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path man in all your ways acknowledge him that's getting on the offensive that's seeking him so he can diligent, diligently seek, and seek him so he, so he can reward you that's getting offensive about prayer that's getting in there and, and seeking him and asking him and saying, now, Father, you need to show me in this area. And, Father, how do I deal with this employee? And, Father, you know, um, Lord, you know, what do I do about this situation? And, uh, and, and, Lord, you know, we're not being very efficient over in this area. How can I be efficient, more efficient over in this area? You know, it's so amazing that God knows how to do everything. I have this particular thing that it's hard for me to do. Uh, it's painful physically. And, uh, and I have to do this particular thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Two or three times every day. But, I mean, it hurts. It just flat hurts. And, and it's one of those things you can't get out of doing. And so, but the other day, I was just all of a sudden, and it's like, duh. God showed me the easiest way to do it. And I'm thinking, why didn't I think of this? Because it's so easy. You just wouldn't believe it's so easy. And I'm thinking, why didn't I think of this? God can, knows everything. He will show you how to do things. He knows how to do computers. He knows how to do uh, internet. He understands the internet. And I don't know if anybody understands that. I'm sure somebody does. Uh, but, I mean, he understands those things. Amen. Amen. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we have a computer problem, well, pastor will call Roy or he'll call William or he'll call Barry or, he, you know. And, uh, but you know what? There are times when you just have to find out from God because you just can't find out from anybody else. Amen. I mean, I'm not saying they don't know, but maybe there is something they wouldn't know so far. They've always known. But, you know, I know there's questions. There's other questions that we have for things that we're doing that they wouldn't know the answer to. That I just, God's got to show me. Well, he will. 
And so we're to get real offensive in prayer. But you know that most of the body of Christ is in a defensive posture of prayer. In other words, they only pray when they're in trouble. They pray when they're in trouble. And, and, and you know, even if you're a billboard reader, well, I mean, uh, not a billboard, but whatever those are, message board, the message boards that usually churches put out, you will get that defensive posture of prayer put in you. And you'll say, and because you hear on those boards them telling you, when you get in trouble, pray. Well, you know, when you get in trouble, it is the very best thing to do. I'm not saying that. But there is a higher life than that. Amen. There's a way to avoid trouble by prayer. There's a way to avoid trouble by prayer. Amen. Ethel Barrymore. I don't know who she is. Maybe you all heard of her. But here, here's one of those defensive prayer quotes. When life knocks you to your knees, well, that's the best position in which to pray, isn't it? Well, you know that's true. But, you know, the, the very best position to pray is before life knocks you to your knees. Amen. Now, if life knocks you to your knees, family, that is all you can do. And that is the very best thing to do. But I, I want our church to get on the offensive where prayer is concerned. That's why in uh, August we had a week of prayer and we prayed the plans out for our why we get up in the morning and we pray Psalm 91 and we give the angels charge over our children and we, we plead the blood of Jesus. Amen? Well, you say, what? well, when we do that, how did the devil get in? You know, even like Eric, we, last week had a wreck. How did the devil get in and he wreck his pickup? I don't know. But one thing I know is I'd prayed the angels over him, and I'm telling you, he, didn't, he came out with no scratches. Amen. And the kid with him came out with no scratches. Now, how the pickup got messed up, we don't know. Amen. I don't know. I don't have the answer for everything. I just know that the best place to be is in a position of offensive prayer. Amen. Most of the time, what my experience has been is that when we do something, when something doesn't go quite right, the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us all along. Like I was watching on TV the other night about uh, this man who uh, his son. Well, anyway, he, he, he had had all day, on a Sunday afternoon, all afternoon, he had this feeling that his oldest son was in an unsafe, that he was in danger. Had this feeling. Family, and, he, and the man wasn't a Christian. The goodness of God was trying to show him anyway. And he let his son and the, his little, little brother and a friend walk a mile after dark down to a convenience store. They lived out in the country in some, you know, little rural area. And somebody jumped out of the barge and kidnapped his son. And 11 years from since then, they've never seen him. But the Holy Spirit trying to tell him. And it's been my experience that most of the time when we do have something where God was not able to give us full protection, that the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us something. Don't do that. Don't set that there. Don't, don't you know. I've told you about that. I've told you about the Holy Spirit uh, dealing with me that I had put too many glasses on my china cabinet glass shelf. And just, you know, just kept coming to me, kept coming to me. And a lot of times we ignore those things. Or we have not trained ourselves to, you know, we just aren't even, we're not, we aren't cognizant it's God. And it took God about three times for me to finally say, you know, God, I know you're speaking to me. I'm going to go get those glasses off of that shelf. Because I got too much stuff on that shelf. Amen. 
The Lord showed me in that, in that situation where I had those glasses on the shelf. He showed me that when we're believing God and we're standing in faith, that he'll have an angel stand there and hold it. And then he'll start to deal with us. And he'll tell us over and over. There's too many glasses on that shelf. You've overloaded that shelf, you know, over and over. Several times throughout the day it was coming to me. But if you, after a period of a few days, if you refuse to listen to him, he's not going to let that angel stand there from now till Jesus comes back holding up a shelf when you won't listen to him. Amen. Amen. He'll do it for a while for you, but he expects you to listen. Amen. And so you need to listen to him. Hallelujah. So we don't, we're, I'm talking to you about prayer tonight, but you know, it's so important when we're, as stepping into our wealthy place that we listen to him. Amen. It's so important that we get offensive in prayer and we begin to seek him. You know, you know, if tithing and giving and seeking first the kingdom of God and even confessing and believing would do it, family, we would have already done it. Amen. So we need to ask him the right questions. We need to get offensive in prayer and say, Father, and here, I'll just tell you what you need to pray. Father, where's my wealthy place? How do I get there? How do I find it? Amen? You need to start asking him that. And you may have to, to spend some time. would be good for a husband and wife to spend some time and pray in the Spirit and begin to pray it out. Amen? You say, well, what if he doesn't say anything? Don't do anything till he does. Just keep confessing and praying and believing God. Hallelujah? But on the other hand, you know, if, if, if things are coming your way, you can't ignore the ideas and the things that are coming at you. You, can, you can't, sw oh, no, you know, no, I don't want to believe, I, I, don't, I won't take that because I'm believing God to prosper. No, 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 God, I don't have time for that business because I'm believing God to prosper. No, 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 I couldn't take that job because, oh, you know, I, I really don't know how to do that. I, and, and, you know, besides all that, I'm believing God to prosper me. No, see, you'll miss it if you do that. Because he's going to start sending things your way. You may not hear a voice that says, you know, I, I can't think of what the voice would say even. But you wouldn't even, you may not hear a voice that says in the middle of the night, go do this, invent this. You, won't, you probably won't hear it that way. But just something will start coming your way. Something will start, something, and you may, you're going to have to follow through then. Hallelujah. Well, you're learning something. Thank you, Jesus. You are. Hallelujah. You are, whether you know you are or not. The problem with prayer, two problems with prayer, because this has to do with it, is we wait until, is we, two problems with prayer, is that we don't pray until we have a problem, but another problem we have with prayer is that, and this is in more in the natural realm, is most people don't pray till they're physically exhausted. Their prayer time every day is not their freshest time. They wait in their day to pray until they are physically exhausted. And you need to start, that goes back to seeking first the kingdom of God and getting into priority. If you're waiting to pray every day till after you've worked all day and you are so exhausted, I will tell you, I know for a fact, it is hard, hard, hard to pray. When you're tired. It is so hard to pray. It's hard to want to pray. It's hard to pray. And it's hard to hear God when you are praying. If you wait till you're physically exhausted. Don't wait. Find the freshest time of your day. 
Find the freshest time of your day. And, and, uh, and, and that's when we need to pray. And then we will hear God more accurately and we will pray more accurately. And we won't pray unbelieving prayers and we won't waller around in prayer. Amen? So we go to God for instructions when we're the freshest. The freshest. Amen? That doesn't mean that you, you know, sometimes you don't have as much time in the morning. You know, when are you the freshest? That's when you need to pray. Two areas that Christians are missing it in when it comes to getting to our wealthy place. Priorities, we already talked about that, seeking the kingdom. And number two, not understanding the will of God concerning prosperity. And Ephesians 5.17 says that we are to understand what the will of God is. God is not keeping us in the dark about the will of God. We are to understand. And until we understand, we keep seeking Him. If you don't have full understanding, keep seeking Him. Amen? Because He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. The Bible says He doesn't withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly. He will not withhold information from you. Amen? I promise you He won't. Um, you know, uh, I've told you this before, but... Uh, in Jeremiah 29, I think it's verse 13, says, um, And you shall find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right? And one time a lady said to me, she said, Debbie, do you know how to know if you're seeking him with all your heart? And I was like, no, how? And I was really getting ready for this big revelation. And she said, did you find him? And I said, oh, okay. See, a lot of times we want to lay it off on God. But if we hadn't found him, we don't know the answer. We hadn't found him yet. You know what? We hadn't sought him with all our heart. Because the Bible can't lie. And it says when you seek him with all your heart, you find him. Amen. So just get to seeking him more. Amen. Just turn your heart and more and more towards him. So uh, 3 John 2 says that there are three kinds of prosperity. And God wants you to have all of them. We're going to close with this. But he says, in 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I desire, or I pray, or I wish, depending on what version that you have, that ye might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Prosper, health, soul prosperity. God wants you to have all three of those areas. Amen. Now, we've been putting a heavy emphasis on uh, getting in there in Proverbs 3 and acknowledging him and finding it his way. Not doing it our way and then asking God to bless it. Not getting a witty idea and saying, oh God, bless this business. No, no, find his way. And then when you, sometimes the mistake we make is we find his way, but then on, in every step along the way we don't, we don't get all the details. We quit too soon. We don't get all the details for what we need to know. No, we got to press on in all the way. And you know, Pastor and I have to do this. A church is a never-ending source of having to find the will of God and find His answer for this and find His answer for that person and find His answer for the greeters and find His answer for the ushers. It's, 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 it's a continual process of seeking God. And that's what it will be for you in your business, in your life. It'll be a continual process of acknowledging Him and saying, Father, I am not wise in my own eyes. I have got to hear from you. I've got to know what you want me to do here. And, Father, I'm looking to you and I'm asking you. Getting aggressive. Get aggressive with asking God. Amen. And he will not withhold. He will show you. Praise God. Well, now, hopefully next week we're going to get into some other stuff.